Hey guys, I am here with Richard Jeffries of Newbridge Financial Services. And um, I've got a bunch of questions here about the lay of the land, what's happening within banking and lending uh, with all that's going on with the COVID-19 virus. Um, but before we get into some questions, you know, I've, I've got to say that uh, there are many people that do loans and mortgages, but Richard's got a real passion for seeing people succeed, both financially and in life, and, uh, and, and a real passion to see people prosper, understand money and so forth. And so I think it's great that you are that you are here today. Hey, tell us, give us a lay of the land. Are banks still lending? What's happening out there right now? Thanks, Wes, and yeah, great to be here. Banks are still lending, um, and they're obviously changed their approach a little bit um, because they're now getting a lot of inquiry from people who need to pause their mortgages. So one good thing is they've actually had to bring on staff now to cater for that extra volume of calls they're getting from people who are ringing up and saying, look, my work situation has changed. I need to pause my mortgage for three or six months. You know, can you help me? And in most cases they are. They're still lending for people who want to go out and buy property or refinance their home loan. They are still lending, but they are looking more closely at people's employment situation. So people who are in hospitality, possibly retail, travel, those sort of industries that have been heavily affected by COVID-19, they're obviously looking closely and saying, okay, look, we want to see your most recent payslip. We want to get comfort that employment for you is still strong and you know, reasonably a confident outlook for you. Okay. So if somebody hasn't lost their job, like, you know, it's all looking good. They're in an industry that's okay. Yeah. Um, so nothing changes from their point of view. No, for those people who haven't been largely affected and their industries haven't been largely affected, at the moment, it's still business as usual. Okay. So how could I prepare for the next six months, given what's going on? Let, let's say I was planning to, to buy my first home in six months from now in my plan and all of this is going on. What could I be doing proactively now with my finances, with my lifestyle to show that I'm in a good case in six months time? Yeah. Look, I think this has caught us all um, by surprise, no doubt about that. Um, but what it's highlighted is that we all need to take stock and realize that when the economy is going well and things are going well, things can change at any time. So we really do need to have a financial buffer. So I would say that if you're looking to buy in the next six to 12 months, now is a great time to take stock of your own personal and household finances, go through a really thorough budget. And when you do that, be really frank about where your spending's going, maybe look at your bank statements over the last three months, have a look where the money's gone out. And then I would suggest breaking your expenses down into two categories. One being items that are essential and you need to, to live and and to go about your life on a day-to-day -day basis, and those that are non-essential. Have a look at those non-essential items, tallying them up, see what they are every month, and build in a buffer for at least three to six months. Because if your employment situation changes, you wanna know that, okay, I've got that emergency buffer there, I know that I can survive for three months while I look for other work, or you, know, you may get some government um, assistance in the meantime, which is, we're in a, a very fortunate position that we, that we're in a country that gets that. But having that buffer will give, also give you that peace of mind. Okay. And, and on another note, it shows the banks that you have the discipline to say, mm. which gives them a lot of comfort. Which has always been the case for banks, right? They've always wanted to know those things, but probably now they've got a bit more of a hawk eye 
on on those things. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, so so um, the government have come out with a stimulus package, right? They're gonna, they, yes. they're giving well, they've come out with multiple, um, and they've done some 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 government guaranteed lending. What's the bank's response right now outside of those things that we just mentioned? I mean, the banks are still going about their business on a very day-to-day basis. The big change has been in that they have so many requests now um, for people who want to defer their mortgage repayments. I, uh, we had the Commonwealth Bank CEO come out and say over the space of three or four days, they might receive 100 calls a day in, in normal circumstances. Now, so that, you know, if you look at that over three days, they might get 300 calls. Um, I think they said the number was they received 15,000 calls at the moment. So it's unprecedented what they're experiencing from people who need to pause their mortgage repayments. Um, As far as China, you know, the government is providing that stimulus and the banks are there really saying, hey, look, we still got to lend because that's our business and we still need to do that. But we've also got a lot of customers that are hurting and we need to try and take care of them. So I think the banks are looking at this as an opportunity to say, hey, we want to make sure we keep you as a customer. Now's the time for us to show a bit of loyalty, which they probably haven't done in the past, Mm -hmm. to be frank, Um, and they're trying to help people as best they can. Will they, so if somebody was to jump onto the JobKeeper, like if, if their employer kept them on and they were getting that money, is that okay from a bank's point of view in terms of whether what they're counting as earnings? Like, is there are they are they are they measuring half of that, all of that? Have you got any intel on what's happening there? Oh, look, it's a great question, and and the thing about what we're going through right now is that everything's happening so quickly, mm. everything's coming out. So we haven't seen a consistent response from the banks on how they're going to treat that as yet. My gut feel is that they would certainly look at that very closely and. And that may make them nervous because they may see it as, okay, look, this particular person applying for a loan is working for a company that has been largely affected, that needs that government support. Are, are they confident that the government support's going to continue? Is that business going to be able to continue? So I wouldn't be surprised if that causes them to ask a lot more questions. It would make sense that it would, I suppose. Yeah. Um, apart from the fact that they also need to balance that with they need to lend money because that's their that's their core business. They do. What what, what are you thinking reading uh, on the landscape in terms of a recovery from this? Like, um, you know, the the fall was very sharp, sharper than um, economic events and, and events of the past. What uh, what are you reading in the landscape in terms of how we will recover and potentially when? Yeah, look, fantastic question and probably the question that, that most people are asking. Um, I think the longer it goes, the more reliant we become on government support. That, that's that probably becoming obvious. I actually think one option that the government has, if this does go for um, six to 12 months, is relying more on superannuation. So the Australian superannuation industry or pool of funds, if you look at it that way, is actually the fourth largest pension fund in the world. So if you put them all together. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So we're a small country, but when it comes to superannuation, we're about well above our weight. We, we, you know, that's a massive resource. Because we started early. We did. We did. And I think if you're the government, you're standing back looking at that going, all right, we might see COVID-19 push on, you know, if this goes for six or 12 months and has a, a significant economic impact and is really starting to drain on the government financially, they're going to look at superannuation and go, well... If we allow people to access another 10,000 for six months or, or something like that, 
Is that going to have a large impact for most individuals in their retirement? Probably not. For, for the majority, it will affect some, no doubt. But people who have, you know, if you've got a $300,000 superannuation balance and you've got to pull out $10,000 now and maybe $10,000 in another six, time, six months' time to get through this, to ride out this period, I think the, the government might look at that as a viable option. Um, it's not going to put a huge strain on the age pension in that regard because if it means getting the economy going and back to a, um, a reasonable state, then superannuation contributions will then continue and we can return to somewhat of a normality. And I think out of the back of this, they, they would have already had a plan to balance the books. There'll be, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if immediately GST went up, um, you know, to, I know that, that that goes more to a state than a federal, but but they'll collect that somehow. Uh, I, there'll be a COVID-19 tax that, that comes out of the back of this for high net worth individuals. You know, like they tried it with a mining tax and things like that just to try and balance the book. So out of the back of this, there will be additional taxes because you've got to, rip, you've got to return your 300 billion stimulus or whatever you've pumped into the economy. Um, all right, so, so what does that mean then for somebody who is looking to borrow? Like if, if that's what's ahead of us. Yeah. Again, comes back to your industry and your employment situation at the moment. Um, if you're a business owner, then, you know, traditionally with business owners, banks will look at your last two years' financials. So you may find they want a bit more of an up-to-date snapshot of where you're at. If you're employed, what industry you're in, how is that business that, business that you're working for, how are they going at the moment? How have they been affected? So your employment like no other time is so important and the industry you're working in is just so critical for how you go about getting a mortgage at the moment. Um, very good. Let's get to some tactics. Um, if somebody wanted to defer their mortgage, yeah. they haven't done that yet, yeah. what's the process? So without doubt, get on the phones or fill out the online form that each bank will have. Um, each bank has a department called that they call financial hardship and they've now responded pretty quickly to the situation we're in where if you just Google your bank and then financial hardship, the link will come up, go to that, and you can either fill out the form or get on the phone and speak to them about your, your situation. I'd suggest where you can probably fill out the form because as you can imagine, some people are waiting on the phones for two to five hours in some cases to speak to their bank. Um, so get that into them and get it, get it into them as soon as you can, get on the front foot because the quicker you make communication with your bank and tell them what your situation is, the better. And how does it practically work? Like, um, can I say, can I say, I want three months of no payments and put it on the end, or amortize that over the remainder, or can I do half payments? Is that all negotiable, or is it like a standard? This is what it is. It's very much a standard, and I mean, each bank is slightly different, but most are taking the view that if you need to pause your repayments for three or six months, what they're doing is they're saying, okay, well, what would the interest be? And Because banks calculate interest daily. So they're going to go, all right, what's the interest? We're not going to charge you that on a day-to-day -day basis. What we're going to do is we're going to add that on top of the loan. So they're going to, what's called capitalise, add that interest on top of the loan for the period that you're not paying your mortgage. And then when you do resume making your repayments, that will then be added on top of the loan amount. So what you'll see is you'll see your repayments increase on a, on a pretty slight basis. It, for, so if you still had 15 years remaining, that could be four bucks a month or 10 yeah, bucks a month or yeah, something. Yeah, you might find it's, look, on a $500,000 loan, I think we did the numbers, uh, 
depending on how long you've got remaining, it might be an extra thirty to fifty dollars a month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I mean that that definitely helps, right? It definitely helps to not pay a mortgage for three months if you've lost your job, so you yeah, can so exactly. you can find another one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Um, all right. What are some other options? Uh, somebody may find themselves feeling the pinch a little bit. May, maybe not. Haven't lost their job, but cut back hours. What are some other options that people have for reducing their loans, things like that, to to create some wiggle room? Yeah. So you. If you've got other loans, you can definitely talk to those providers as well, be it personal loans, car loans, credit cards. Definitely get on the front foot and speak to the financier that you've got that facility with. You can also look at switching to an interest-only option, so just paying interest for a period of time. That will reduce your repayments quite significantly. On a $500,000 loan, look on the, off the top of my head, I think that might take $1,000 a month off your repayments, wow. so that's significant. Um, now, that option might not be available with every bank. Yep. Interest only is something that each banks, each of the banks look at a little differently. So some are more forgiving and more lenient to assist in that way. Others are a little more stringent and saying, look, this is your property you're living in. We want you to pay it down. We don't want you paying interest only. Good. Where are we at with interest rates? Obviously, they've been, they've been falling and then they, the RBA have just done a new one, which is the lowest in Australian history or something, 0.25, and they're flooded the banks with some money, yeah. right? So so where are we at with interest rates and what do you think happens with those over the next six, 12 months? Great question. Um, I've never seen anything like this where we had the drop on the 3rd of March, which was somewhat anticipated, and then three weeks later roughly on a Thursday, we saw an outer cycle um, drop from the RBA to 0.25%, as you mentioned, and we saw the banks drop variable rates on that after that first cut by 0.25, so they went the full amount. On the second drop of the big four banks, the only bank to drop rates after that move was ANZ. They dropped 0.15. So Commonwealth, Westpac and NAB. Nothing. Nothing on their variable rates. But what they did do is they dropped their fixed rates. So variable rates now around 3% is what you're talking So they must think it's going lower. That's a really good question. However, what... A lot of people don't know, and to be frank, I was only um, sort of brought up to speed with this quite recently, is banks can borrow money directly from the RBA. They do that in tranches. So they can access money from the RBA at 0.25%. They know that they've got a, a certain chunk of money for a certain period of time. So they, they've got a lot of certainty around that. They can then lend that out, but they want certainty around, okay, if we can lend that out. So we, they fix it. We want to control it. Exactly. So they've said, all right, and what they've done is they've drop fixed rates to 2.29% for two and three years based on, on that scenario where they're able to access that money from the RBA. But variable rates have stayed up around 3% in most cases. So why is it higher? Because with the variable rates, they're not just getting their money from the RBA. They're getting it from people who are depositing money with the bank and yeah. their savings, but they're also getting it from the money markets overseas. Yeah. Which may be a slightly higher expense than yeah. from the RBA. Yeah, and as with the GFC, when we have a crisis like this, the cost to borrow money for the banks to get wholesale funding goes up because risk has gone up. So, okay. yeah. 2.29. 2.29% from the big four banks. Um, at the moment, ING is offering 2.09%. They've gone, even gone a fraction lower. Um, so, yeah, some, you know, that's, that's another the, that's option. That's insanely cheap money. That's, it it, that's, I mean, that's like Japan for the last 20 years. That's, how, yeah. that's what their funding's yeah. been like. So three years fixed at 2.09? Yes, you can get that with ING. Wow. Yeah. yeah. 
So we would go back and say, all right, what are my options if I'm struggling? Well, maybe an option is to fix your interest rate. Um, and we're talking to a lot of our customers about that at the moment. Do, are they still as strict for entrepreneurs around things like checking the portal, you know, like if you've got ATO debt, is that all still the same or is there a leniency? At the moment, what we've seen is that's still very much the same. It's still business as usual for new lending. So any new applications in there following their usual criteria so self-employed business owners, they want to see your last two years financials. They want to make sure you don't have ATO debt, things of that nature. For those people who are watching who actually haven't lost a job, maybe part of an industry that's booming and they might have got some more hours or more work, is now a great time to just refinance to those new deals? Yeah, certainly. No reason why you wouldn't look at that at the moment. Have a look at what you're paying at the moment. Possibly negotiate with your existing bank. See what they can offer you. Um, and if there's an opportunity to save money by, by switching, why not? Because I'll tell you the other thing, a lot of the banks now are offering you incentives to move your home loan over to them. So we've got one bank at the moment who's offering you $4,000 to switch your home loan with them. So you know, it might cost you eight or $900 to do that, but you're still coming out in front buying that $3,000. So. Is that on the loan or is that an actual payment that you get? Like That's a cash rebate. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So... Uh, what, what, what do you think about, you know, there might be people who are a bit scared. Um, should they still be putting more money on their loan right now? Like, because they've got a few things they could potentially do. Should they still be funding a mortgage yeah. over and above their payment? Yeah. I think if you've got a variable rate loan, then those facilities allow you to redraw back on any extra funds you make. So if you're paying over and above the minimum, you can actually pull back on that money at a later date if you need to. So you can use that as a bit of an emergency fund. So if you've got a variable rate home loan, I'd say, well, why not pay extra? Keeping in mind that you've got that money available if you need to pull it back out. Well, you're essentially getting an interest rate on your money relative to the interest rate on your home loan. Exactly. So, you know, let's say you're on a 3% mortgage right now. If you put extra money, you're actually getting 3% on your money, which compared to the other options with a bank is much higher. That's right. So yeah. that would be a good place to put it. And like you said, you can redraw on demand. Exactly. So that's with a variable rate facility. If you're fixed, then you've got to understand in most cases, you're not going to have access to that money. So I would suggest in that case, probably putting it away as a financial buffer that you do have access to it would be a good idea at the moment. Nice. Hey, where can people stay up to date? I know you put out loads of content because yeah. you're passionate about this. Where can people stay up to date to find out more about this rapidly unveiling situation. Yeah, yeah. I think if with regards to finance and, and how banks are responding and, and what the government's doing in the area of finance, jump on the Money Smart website that the government has, um, moneysmart.gov.au. They've got great tools. They've got a complete section co totally devoted to COVID-19 and, and how things have changed and the stimulus that's coming out. Um, obviously, each bank is responding in their own way, they're all taking a fairly similar approach. So credit to the banks, they've all responded by also having a COVID-19 page and, and what it means for their customers. So, All right, and cast a bit of vision here, right? Because I know your heart is to see people winning financially and in life and, and pay their debts off. Ironically, you are, you're, you're a mortgage broker, but you also want to see them debt-free. Um, Cast a bit of vision here about your heart for the people, what you want to see, and uh, and and you know basically what this all means in the big grand scheme of things. Like you know what what what's the vision that you want to see come out of all of this? Oh look, I think if 
if we can take lessons that we've learned from this whole experience and say, all right, we don't want to be caught off guard like this again. If something like this happens again, we want to be prepared. So I'm hoping this puts a real microscope and a real focus on our own financial management individually um, for households and saying that needs to be a priority in our lives. You know, there's, there's a few things we need to really get right in life and financial management is one of them. Um, so I would love it if, if the majority of Australians say now, okay, we didn't do it before because the reality is as Australians, we've had it very good for a long time compared to with the rest of the world. But I actually need to now take stock and say, we need to know where our money's going. We need to have a financial buffer and we need to apply some wisdom about what we spend our money on because we need to take back more control and not just assume that things will always continue as they have been. So a focus on household financial management and a willingness from people to do that is, is one thing I would hope would come out of this. And that's why people need to follow your stuff because you're putting out content all the time around this, trying to give people the tools to win. Uh, Richard, thank you so much. Um, it's been a delight to hang out with you and get this kind of lay of the land. Uh, is there anything you want to say as a, as a final word? No, it's been great to talk. Um, I think, yeah, by all means, we, we are putting out content all the time to try and give you, to, give you tools to, to manage your finances a little better and also keep you up to speed with what's happening. So our website at www.mbfs.com.au has content there as well as um, all our social media pages. Um, but no, please reach out if you've got questions, we'd love to be able to assist. Thank you. Cheers.